Welcome, I am your host, and this is the Unanswered Questions Podcast. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of my new podcast, Unanswered Questions, where every week we will endeavour to discuss a mysterious unsolved case that has many lingering unanswered questions. So I hope you enjoy, and as always, leave me some feedback on what you think about the show, and rate it as well. Now on to the show. This week we'll be talking about Milton William Bill Cooper. So Milton William Bill Cooper, that's a mouthful, was an American conspiracy theorist, radio broadcaster, who hosted the show The Hour of the Time, that opened with an air raid siren, commanding voices, barking dogs, screams, and stomping jackboots. And he was also an author well known for his 1991 controversial book Behold a Pale Horse, in which he warned of multiple global conspiracies, some involving extraterrestrial life. Cooper also described HIV AIDS as a man-made disease used to target blacks, Hispanics and homosexuals, and that a cure was made before it was implemented. He has been described as a militia theoretician. Cooper was killed in 2001 by sheriff's deputies after he shot at them during an attempted arrest. Cooper's early life was that he was married at least five times, abused the woman who loved him and abandoned his children before finally finding a degree of domestic harmony in his final years with his last wife and young daughters. Cooper's relationships with his siblings was also fractured according to heavily redacted FBI reports. In an interview with agents, relatives said they would try to visit with Cooper around holidays out of a sense of obligation, but that his drinking and belligerence made for unpleasant encounters, especially if they challenged his beliefs. Little is known about Cooper's background and education beyond the information supplied in his own accounts, which is sketchy to say the least. He claimed to have served in the United States Navy, the United States Air Force, and Naval Intelligence until his discharge in 1975. However, public records only indicate a period of service in the Navy with a rating code of E-5 Sergeant, Petty Officer Second Class in the Navy, including a tour of duty in Vietnam with two service medals. Born in 1943 into a military family to United States Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Milton Vance Cooper, who was born in 1922 and died in 2012, and his wife Dovey Nell Cooper, who was born in 1923 and died in 2001, Cooper never became an officer like his father and uncles. Instead, he wound up on a riverboat patrolling the Suviet River only a few clicks from the DMZ. As the North Vietnamese filled the skies with 122 missiles, it began to dawn on the Heathrow gung-ho Cooper that he was fighting on the wrong side, that everything he'd been told about the nation he was willing to die for might be a lie. At the end of the war while working in naval intelligence, Cooper served on a briefing team for Admiral Bernard A. Cleary. He then attended a junior college in California and worked for several technical and vocational schools before making his conspiracy theories known, beginning in 1988. Cooper expanded the speculations of earlier conspiratorialists by incorporating government involvement with extraterrestrials as a central theme. Problem was, though, that his tirades and accusations against other UFO researchers made him anathema 
anathema even among that tight-knit group of people. Anyone who didn't believe everything Cooper said was branded as a CIA agent and or a dupe of the vast alien conspiracy. Someone who landed on Cooper's bad side earned his wrath and was usually exacerbated over the air. One former acquaintance, whose name was redacted in the FBI files, said he fantasized about using Cooper's wooden leg to deliver a beating to him. That's how antagonizing he was. Among Cooper's targets was Alex Jones. Now, if you don't know who Alex Jones is, he is probably one of the biggest conspiracy theorists that's out there. Like, everybody gives him a lot of crap because he went on to, like, the Piers Morgan show to do a gun control and was just acted like a raving lunatic and started screaming and shouting and was belligerent trying to get his point across. Anyone who's watched this show over the past few weeks knows I've taken a pretty strong stand on guns in America. It's not escaped the notice of supporters of gun rights and it's led to a petition on the White House official website, no less. It's entitled, and I quote, Deport British citizen Piers Morgan for attacking Second Amendment. Take a look, more than 104,000 people have signed it so far and joining me now is one of the people behind the petition, Alex Jones. He's host of the Alex Jones Show. Welcome to you. Pierce, thanks for having me. Why do you want to deport me? Well, we did it as a way to bring attention to the fact that we have all of these foreigners and the Russian government, the official Chinese government, Mao said political power goes out of the barrel of a gun. He killed about 80 million people because he's the only guy that had the guns. So we did it to point out that this is globalism and the mega banks that control the planet and brag that they've taken over in Bloomberg, AP, Reuters, you name it brag that they're going to get our guns as well. They've taken everybody's guns but the Swiss and the American people. And when they get our guns, they can have their world tyranny. While the government buys 1.6 billion bullets, armored vehicles, tanks, helicopters, predator drones, armed, now in U.S. skies, being used to arrest people in North Dakota, the Second Amendment isn't there for duck hunting. It's there to protect us from tyrannical government and street thugs. Take the women in India. Your piece earlier on CNN I was watching uh, during Anderson Cooper's show didn't tell you that the women of India have signed giant petitions to get firearms because the police can't and won't protect them. The answer well, is, let's, let's hey, wait a minute, I have FBI yeah. crime statistics okay. that come out a year late, 2011. 20 plus percent crime drop in the last nine years. Real violent crime because more guns means less crime. Britain took the guns 15, 16 years ago. Tripling of your overall violent crime. True, we have a higher gun violence uh, level, but overall mugging, stabbings, deaths. You, those men raped that woman in India to death with an iron rod four feet long. You can't ban the iron rods. The guns, the iron rods, Pierce, didn't do it. The tyrants did it. Hitler took the guns. Stalin took the guns. Mao took the guns. Fidel okay. Castro took the guns. Hugo Chavez took the guns. And I'm here to tell you, 1776 will commence again if you try to take our firearms. Doesn't matter how many lemmings you get out there on the street begging for them to have their guns taken. We will not relinquish them. Do you understand? That's why you're going to fail and the establishment knows no matter how much propaganda, the republic will rise again when you attempt to take our guns. My family in the Texas revolution against Santa Ana, my family was at the core on both sides starting that because Santa Ana came to take the guns at Gonzales, Texas. Pierce, don't try what your ancestors did before. Why don't you come to America? I'll take you out shooting. You can become an American and join the Republic. You finished? 
Yes, I am finished. You will not take my right. You go through background checks to get guns. How about Prozac? You know the number one. Oh, that's the big sponsor, isn't it? Or that whole class of drugs. Let me ask you a question. Oh, whoa, got to cut that off, don't you? Don't want to talk about the U.S. number one cause of death is suicide now because they give people suicide mass murder pills. Calm down. Your answer is give more money to the psychiatrist and psychologist to put more crazy people on drugs that make them kill people, Pierce. Let's try and have a debate here. Yeah. Answer me this question. Mm -hmm. I'm sick of the same old script here, bud. It's fine, bud. How many gun murders were there in America last year? Do you know? Uh, there were about 11,458, and about 74% of those were gang-related, gangbangers shooting each other. You get three and a half to 4,000. Okay, that, that How question. many people died from infections in hospitals? 197,000. That's question. right. How many gun murders were there in Britain How last many year? great white sharks? No, how many... Kill gun people murders. every year, but they're scared to swim. Right. How many gun murders were there in Britain? A very year? low amount. I already went over those How statistics. Many? Do you know? Uh, it was only a few hundred. No, no. How many gun murders? I actually, actually did pull up the statistics. Here, let me pull them out right here. I figured you'd do that. Gun murders oh, in wait. Britain last UK year. Oh, wait. UK violent crime, capital of Europe, London no. Telegraph. Here, let me it's give you It's quite a simple question. Well, that's the oldest. You're a very loud that's the old, man. No, no. That's the oldest Perry Mason tactic to ask me some little factoid. It's not a, it's not a little factoid. I already said earlier, We're talking about England a has a lot lower gun crime rate because you me, took all the guns. Let me try exactly but my point. But you've got hordes of people burning down cities and beating old women's brains out every day. What a ridiculous They statement. arrest people in England if they defend themselves. That's on record. My God. You've got a total police state. Everybody's fleeing that country because the oh, you've had to flee here, bud. And I want to say this right here. You think you're a tough guy? Have me back with a boxing ring in here, and I'll wear red, white, and blue, and you can wear your Jolly Roger. Okay. You know what? You- Let's try again. How <laughs> many gun murders were there? Oh, you're going to ban your fist now? In Britain last year. Uh, how many uh, chimpanzees can dance on the head of a pin? Hmm. I already went over those do, statistics. Do you know the answer? Uh, no, I don't. I, you said hundreds. It's very low. You said hundreds. Yes. It's actually 35. Well, the point is you can Against the- 11... Do you, thousand. Do you understand hey, the difference between 11,000 Yeah, England and wants 35. to ban knives now because tens of thousands are getting stabbed. Right. But do you understand the knives? difference? The knife doesn't a, kill people. Do you the gun doesn't kill people. Yes. Listen, do you understand, do you understand between you're not going to pull on America's heartstrings? They know your script, hmm. okay? You're not going to get our guns. By the way, you guys always say, we just want to take the semi-autos, okay, and all this other stuff. When semi-autos aren't even, uh, hmm. rifles aren't even used, but in a fraction of the crimes, you can hmm. pull those numbers up. Okay? Uh, well, no, 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 hold which, on. Though, well, let me ask you one question. Which weapon was predominantly used in the Aurora movie theater shooting? Uh, M4 AR-15 variant. So it was a semi-automatic yes, assault rifle. Yes, again. Okay. But next statistically, question. it's next, very, very next, low. That was, do you agree it was the single biggest shooting in the history of America in terms of people hit by a shooter? Do, do you know that? No, I believe that there were others. No, uh, there's no, been some other no, shootings no, with a, about over 30. No, no. This was the single biggest mass shooting. Well, listen, you're just by, going... No, there have been bombings of Wall me, Street. Let me ask you a second Are question. We gonna, listen, why can't the let pilots have firearms? We trust them to fly the planes. Alex, you've had a lot to say. No, just my point is the, the Second Amendment is sacrosanct, you know, and you're not getting do you, it. Do you know which weapon was used in the Oregon shopping mall mass shooting recently? I understand that people... Uh, who are mentally ill on all the serotonin you know, reuptake you know inhibitors who play the these shoot 'em up games want to go out and do this Alex. because there's criminals I don't Alex. lose my rights Pierce because there's criminals Alex. I don't lose my rights just answer the question yeah. do you know what the weapon used was listen let me ask you a question no no answer. I've got the FBI Alex. statistics that listen no, no. that okay. the so-called semi-autos that you talk Let's about take a break when we come back again you're not going to get our guns 
When we come back, try and answer my question. Yeah, all you're okay. going to do is sit there and play little factoid questions. Overall crime yeah, has gone up over 20%. Fact. A lot of people don't give a lot of merit to what Jones says. There's a lot of people that do actually believe what he says. There's some that don't. But a lot don't actually believe a lot of what he says because he just goes off on these massive long rants. It's quite entertaining to listen to. I mean, he was on the Joe Rogan experience three times and he actually does have a lot of interesting information to say. Goes off on a lot of tangents, but I actually enjoy listening to what he has to say. It's quite. I find it quite interesting. I mean, he does bring up a lot of stuff that you might not believe in or you might not think, but then he'll come back to a point where it's like, oh, oh yeah, well, you know, that's very interesting. Like he just gives out the information and kind of you can believe it or not, but it's kind of like Ripley's believe it or not. You can believe it or you cannot believe it. it it's up to you what you do with the information that he talks about. So Alex Jones was was on a Texas radio station and a Access television show at the time. In his gravelly voice, Jones traded in conspiracies, but Cooper saw him making up his theories out of whole cloth, unlike Cooper's well-researched tirades. Cooper was particularly troubled by Jones's New Year's Eve broadcast in 1999, during which the host chronicled an apocalypse triggered by the flipping of the calendar to the year 2000. Jones was completely out of his mind and panicked millions of people, Cooper said in a broadcast archived on YouTube, which I'll play now. These are just snor- short snippets of the Alex Jones show from uh, from New Year's Eve, December the 31st. This is news. This is news, ladies and gentlemen. What you're going to hear here, uh, what he's saying is deception. It's fear-mongering. It, it, uh, it scared the hell out of literally millions of people, and it got worse later. You're not even going to hear the worst part. You're just going to hear the beginning, because what you're going to hear tonight is just taken from the first 45 minutes of his broadcast. Uh, his broadcast on December the 31st, New Year's Eve. These are just little snippets uh, taken from the first 45 Five minutes of the Alex Jones show. I, I didn't take everything that was scary because we don't have time to do that if we're going to talk about it. But I took just uh, uh, little snippets from the first 45 minutes and his broadcast, I think, is three hours long. Uh, and it gets a lot worse as time goes on. The uh, You can hear the fear and the excitement and the adrenaline in Alex Jones's voice later on. You're not going to hear so much of that in the early stages of the broadcast. And then he goes on later on the, uh, the, uh, the Midas report uh, with... Uh, with uh, Michael Trudeau, and uh, it totally gets out of hand. What you're going to hear is a buildup, and then later, and this is what makes me think that the whole thing was staged, because this buildup sets the stage for full-blown panic across the country later, and you'll hear about that either tomorrow night or Thursday, but you're going to hear it, because this is just absolutely incredible. So uh, stay tuned, folks. (laughs) <laughs> and be careful, you'll probably get scared. I mean, just listening to this stuff on uh, New Year's Eve, um, December the 31st, I had the uh, the Genesis uh, Radio, Genesis Communications Radio Network patched through uh, 101.1 FM because I wanted the people in the valley to hear what everybody else in the country was hearing, and they don't get anything here but music. It's all they get on all the stuff, including mine, except for the hour of the time. So I wanted them to hear what everybody else in the nation was hearing so that uh, if there was a full-blown panic, they'd, they'd know why. Because I knew these people were going to build everybody up into a lather. And uh, the reason, and, you know, I get to tell you, folks, there's times when law enforcement <laughs> and government agencies and things like that are needed. And uh, if these guys had succeeded, if they had actually succeeded in whipping up a hysteria that would have caused a large segment of the population to panic and riot in the streets. And I think this may be what they were trying to create. I I don't know this for sure, but you'll see as we go through these three nights and you hear the buildup to what could have been an absolute catastrophe. And it all came from these people. And it's just absolutely incredible. I mean, people really went off the deep end. A lot of people got scared. Some people got sick. A lot of people headed literally for the hills just from listening to these guys. 
This is not a joke. I'm not kidding you. It really happened just exactly as I've described. So stay tuned. You're going to hear it all. <laughs> it's incredible, too. Listen carefully. Cash machines are failing in uh, Britain and now other European countries. They're finding large amounts of explosives in France. Uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, who is known as Vladimir the Ruthless, and using all his profanity on national TV, you name it, we won't read the profanity here, uh, but we've got it. Uh, this person is on an unbelievable power trip and resembles a demon. He is a creature of the IMF and the World Bank and international communism. He is a former KGB head. And this information is vital, ladies and gentlemen. We are seeing the New World Order uh, really come out in full force. More wars than have been in the last 50 years are going on right now. The war in Chechnya is raging in Grozny with, well, reports of hundreds to thousands dying. Is that true, folks? Is there, are there more wars going on right now than in the last 50 years? Are there hundreds of thousands of people dying right now in Chechnya? Listen to this. This man is just making it up right out of his head as he goes along. Uh, 20 to 40,000 civilians trapped in the city. Russian hinds are being shot down. Tanks are being blown to bits. Uh, massive, uh, grod, unguided rocket attacks are being launched on the city indiscriminately right now. Air and artillery bombardments as well. Uh, it's absolutely out of control. It is pandemic, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'll give you the news first on Y2K. The newest developments, the Pennsylvania nuclear plant has been shut down. Um, one of the main uh, systems transferring the power from it uh, failed but they say it's not a Y2K problem. And the things I'm experiencing here in Austin, Texas, the shelves are empty of water and some gas stations are running out of fuel. Uh, here in Central Texas uh, and in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the shortwave is basically down, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, went off right as I went on the air. The big news on Y2K. Then we'll start going to your calls. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. All right, let's go ahead and get to this article. Associated Press, uh, this came out at 7.22 a.m. Eastern Standard Time today, December 31st, 1999. Pennsylvania, nuclear plant shut down. One of the two nuclear reactors at Pico Energy Co.'s Limerick Generating Station has shut down uh, this morning after a piece of equipment failed. Company spokesman Neil McDermott said the problem was not Y2K related. It was declared an unusual event, the least serious emergency classification of nuclear power plant. they got to have a serious emergency to shut down a plant, ladies and gentlemen. You power one down, you're not going to power it up for at least days. Um, it was declared an unusual event. At 2.55 a.m., shutdown occurred when an insulator on the main generator transformer from Limerick 2 failed. We had reports yesterday of this. Off the record, I would not report it, but I had it from a good source that this plant was having problem along with four other plants. I may just go ahead and report it here. Um, I mean, boy, do we get good information here. This has been going on for days. Uh, from our information, it is not this, this transformer that they're talking about. They wouldn't just shut a plant down over that. Something serious may be going on there. So that the central government, known as the federal government, the occupational government uh, in Washington, D.C., has set up a huge $50 million command bunker hooked into all the FEMA boxes that can take over all the shortwave uh, broadcast and commercial AM and FM stations as well as television broadcast stations. And we hope they do not activate that, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, police and military are on high alert, running around looking for supposed boogeymen and terrorists under every rock. Uh, military uh, are highly visible now. Uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, there are trains of military equipment moving into Austin. Uh, two nights ago, on Wednesday night, the Fox News reported that the airport will be used as a massive holding facility for troublemakers or rioters here in Austin that has no history of riots.
They need to get that country locked down so they can stage the election for Vladimir Putin. I mean, this guy is a demon. Have you seen this guy? It's just how he's raging with power? I'm Alex Jones. I'm your host. I'm just one of the great hosts here on the GCN Radio Network, and I've been very passionate today because I can't even keep track of all the developing news as it's coming in. I'm not going to get into the. I'm not even going to say it's it's six to seven reactors across the country. I'm not even going it, to. Right. It, it, it's bad, and I, I got this news about the Pennsylvania plant early yesterday. Got it again off air. Confirmed it with someone that is 99% accurate, about like I am trying to report the truth, and now I've got the Associated Press saying, well, they shut the whole plant down, but uh, they call it um, they call it an, an unusual event, the least serious emergency classification of a nuclear power plant. Well, it's got to be pretty bad for them to power a plant down. Time is getting shorter until Y2K. If you want to be sure your family and loved ones weather the potential Y2K storm of delays, shortages, or interruptions of services, then now is the time to stock up on emergency supplies and a home food reserve. As the developments uh, move forward with this Y2K and this gear up for uh, clamping down in America and Russia and around the world, by by globalist forces, we'll be bringing you the news as long as we're here on the air. In a 2001 broadcast, Cooper said he had heard that Jones had denounced him as a foul-mouthed and incoherent. Cooper went on the attack, saying Jones was a fraud. Cooper said he hoped his audience would tell Jones what he said. Quote, Though I suspect he's listening because he does, Cooper said during the broadcast, Alex Jones, you're a bold-faced, stinking, rotten, little cow, liar. End quote. That is directly from Cooper, saying that to Alex Jones. So, Cooper was a conspiracy theorist, Alex Jones was a conspiracy theorist, and they just had this major problem. Now, what Cooper was referring to about the 1999 New Year's Eve broadcast, Alex Jones brought it up where he got he got duped into believing that Y2K was going to happen and there was going to be this major shutdown and everything like that. I believe in one of the Joe Rogan episodes, he actually talked about how he got into a lot of trouble for that. There were a lot of people that were pissed off that they listened to him and he created this massive hysteria and he got into a lot of trouble for that and he actually felt really bad for believing it well let me answer y2k because i want to be honest about this okay this is one of the few things that that i have really gotten wrong and i didn't go with my gut and so i was proven wrong and i did it for the wrong reason so now i'm gonna actually confess here on air I was on one radio station. I've been on Access TV for a few years. I was on one radio station. I already started a show out of my house that was on like 15 radio stations. So I had that at least. But I, had, I was on one big radio station, had the top show at night, on a station with Howard Stern. It was killer. It was all over the newspaper. Had huge ratings. And I was bringing in like you know, 20, 30 grand a month, which was just a huge amount for me, building a whole operation out of that at home. And they come to the sales guys and they go, look, for a year, you've not been behind Y2K. And you're not letting us have all these big sponsors, and you're going to basically be fired if you don't let us endorse these sponsors and have them on air and say you believe in Y2K. Hold on a second. So these sponsors were like doomsday stuff, like canned food and shit, and, and bunkers and everything else. So oh, I already Christ. believe in food. So they got to push Y2K. You but let me, tell you, what let me tell you what happened. Y2K means. But the, but the station wants to make all this money. Okay? So the station made you push Y2K. Wow. Well, but, but let me go further. This is one of the few times in my life that I, I don't want to say I didn't have integrity. I kind of let them convince me. But I think back to the point in the conference room, I just kind of went, okay, 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 sure, I get it. And then I went, and then once I decided it was true, I really pushed it. So it's almost like I lied to myself because I'm being honest about this process. Right. So, so this is what happened. 
for like a year and a half, I'm saying it's BS, it's a government hoax, because they're like, the Navy says the chips are all bad and 54 cities will completely fall and it's all the death. And I said, they just want to upgrade with all this new spy hubs. They want a new global standardization for the U.S. It's the Telecommunications Act of 96. They want to force all the new chips, because I had NSA sources then that I was having on, okay? And I didn't realize how special it was that I had these sources. They're telling me it's all BS. And people are like, don't argue with the Navy. And don't. And, and Fox News had ads to get your food. It was just everywhere. So I went, okay, <laughs> hell, okay, stuff's going to be real. So it was like a Black Friday for Doomsday It was like a Black people. Friday deal. So the last few months, and the, the moral was they ended up firing me anyways. They did? But the moral was I kind of convinced <laughs> myself it was real. So by the end of it, and of course they edit like you know 12 hours of me on that day into like five minutes. I'm totally insane. Right. But it's like nuclear reactor having a problem here, and it really was happening. And like, you know. Oh, and there was a missile fired from Russia, which like was an ICBM and then got like shot down. That was ABC News. So I'm like, all right, this isn't really happening. Okay, you know, we got prepared. It's always gonna be prepared, but hopefully, oh, and a reactor's having a problem. Okay, some stuff. So there was some outages and some problems, but government and MSM had hyped it. Then they used it to demonize alternative media. Even then, when it wasn't catastrophic. So my gut told me it was BS. It was BS. And so thank God I missed the whole 2012 thing. But still they said, Alex Jones says the world's ending the Bureau 2012, where if you really search what I say, it's all a load of crap. But I didn't criticize you when I saw you doing it. And I said, I was balls deep I in said, the Bureau. I said, you know, I, got, I, I, I hope he's wrong. Yeah. But here's the thing. Well, it wasn't just the radio Bureau. station. It yeah. wasn't the radio station. It was the listeners. They were pissed at me that I wouldn't go into this thing. Well, it's, it's fun for them. See, when you start talking about the end of the world or doomsday coming, people like that shit because it gives them something to think about. But I'm, because here's a thing. lot of people. I'm talking Alex about Jones. a real future. I believe I know. in humanity. I know. I'm not doomsday. Listen, it was a long time ago. It was 17 years ago, right? Y2K. Yeah. 17 fucking years ago. But at least 2012 and, didn't get you, so right. you redeemed yourself. Yeah. You, you came back strong. Me. It's okay. okay. I get about it. Look, 17. Think about 17 years ago. That's a long time ago. I mean, and you getting fired from that job. Every great radio guy's gotten fired. Yeah. Howard Stern got fired. You got fired. Like Bubba the Love Sponge. It was just fired. like Howard Everybody's Stern been fired. I had top ratings, and they were all pissed and weird about it. The weird thing is, they didn't mess with the losers. They were all flipping out because I was getting the big paychecks. Uh, well, it makes sense. It just all like makes Howard. sense. It was the same yeah. thing. And the Y2K thing totally makes sense, that they would want you to really push that and sell it hard, because who the fuck knows? You know, we don't know. You get scared. You're like, what well, if they're, they're, like, they're, they're exactly. hiding this from Alex, us? the Navy says it's going to happen. Washington Post. Now, your listeners are real. And it was the one time I went, oh, okay, maybe I'll go Dude, do it. I had people on that were telling me there was something that was going to happen on 2012. They were sure of it. Yeah. The so they bullied you. Yeah, into I had people. No, it's it. not, not a bully thing. Well, you just hear everybody doing it. You start, it's, like, stampeding like lemmings. It's, I'm There's telling you, there's a psychological going on. Just he got in trouble because he thought that Sandy Hook, the school shooting where all those young kids were killed by the guy that went in there with an AR-15. Uh, it, it, my understanding was that Jones said that it was all, you, you know, he had crisis actors and all that sort of thing. And then Jones actually got sued by the, the victims of the, the people that were killed in there. And he had to have a deposition and everything like that. Mr. Jones, I'm going to hand you a copy of what I have marked as Exhibit 4. You ever seen that before? I don't remember. You're not sure if you've seen this before? No. Okay. You'll see up at the top it has a timestamp, 12-14-12? Yes. You know that's the date of Sandy Hook, right? I don't know. You don't know that? Well, okay. Is that the date? It is. Okay. It is, Mr. Jones. You will admit, I mean, 
You've done mocking imitations of Sandy Hook parents crying, correct? No. I want to play you a video clip, too, from September 24th, 2014, and November 11th, 2016. Will you play the video clip called Crying? And then you've got parents laughing on <laughs> And then they walk over to the camera and go, <laughs> and, I mean, not just one, but a bunch of parents doing this. Then we see footage of one of the reported fathers of the victims, Robbie Parker, doing classic acting training where he's laughing and joking and they say, hey, we're live. And he goes, oh. <laughs> and maybe that's real. I'm sure it is. You realize now you were mocking the difficult emotional reactions of people who provably lost their children. No, I was not mocking. I was showing what people were questioning. It was not to mock the parents. It was showing why people were questioning. It's you that is projecting mocking onto it. I was showing what he did. Starting into 2015, you learned that a Sandy Hook parent named Leonard Posner was behind a group called Honor Network. Correct? That was fighting online abuse of Sandy Hook victims? I did, I think. And when you learned that, and when Honor complained to YouTube in 2015, you told your viewers that Honor was run by Mr. Posner, you showed addresses being used by Mr. Posner, and you said he needed to be investigated in Florida. Didn't you say that? Objection as to form. No. Okay, let's play a clip here. I'm going to show you something that you and Mr. Dew were talking about on February 12th. 2015. Can you play addresses for me? He's been getting all kinds of grief from Mr. Posner. Uh, anything that comes out, so, uh, social media shut down due to Sandy Hook false copyrights. What's interesting is they list the address for the Honor Network in uh, Boca Raton, Florida. You look up the address on that, which says you think, you know, if they had this organization, they would have some sort of headquarters where they would be setting up a memorial. Well, we'll just start investigating that. And I guess I'm going to have to probably go on up to New Newtown. I'm going to have to probably go investigate Florida as well. If a person were to stake out those addresses, they could wait for Mr. Posner to come pick up his mail, couldn't they? Objection is to form. True. I mean, I mean the guy's running an anti-free speech foundation. Let me make sure I have this really clear. Mm -hmm. You don't believe the official story is Sandy Hook. You think there was cover-up? You think there was manipulation? You think that there is some sinister thing going on? I still, yes, I still think, I think children died. I believe mass shootings happened. They said one in Brazil, a tragedy. And I believe it's a crisis. Um, and, and I go back to the point of all gun owners being collectively blamed. Then it's traumatic and, and, and so people go and they find anomalies and then I've kind of retrospectively gone back and seen how I did believe that stuff. Um, and, and, and then I go back and I've now studied more actually the real anomalies and, and it's just the school system and government trying to cover its rear end from, 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 from liability. Um, and, the, and, and so there definitely has been a very, I mean, there's been a cover up of the events. And I think there's a lot of evidence showing there could have been a second shooter. There is the helicopter footage of the man in the woods. 
and Jones apparently said that he, he actually felt really badly afterwards because he'd, he had promoted this conspiracy theory and the problem was that everyone believed him and then these people decided to sue him because it just wasn't true. And Jones actually felt really bad that he'd been duped again. So Jones does feel bad when he is duped. Uh, but obviously he will still strongly hold his convictions. Like if he believes something, he'll hold strongly to it, which is not a bad thing. But in this case, it cost him dearly because people started to see him as not a truthful person because he lied about this, he lied about that. What else did he lie about? In their eyes, he lied because there was no conspiracy and he got sued for it. And then when Y2K didn't happen, again, people thought, well, we listened to Jones and what he said didn't happen. So what the hell is he talking about? So a lot of people didn't give what he said a lot of merit but there are still his hardcore followers and I mean you know even a broken clock is right twice a day so it's not as if Jones isn't prone to not making mistakes of course he makes mistakes nobody's perfect Jones isn't perfect I'm not perfect nobody's perfect so even though he got a couple of things wrong it doesn't necessarily mean that everything that he says is wrong it's just that he got that one thing wrong and this other thing wrong unfortunately it tended to have a very bad side effect of landing him in a lot of hot water with a lot of pissed off people in the summer of 1988 Cooper made his first public comments on the Paranet bulletin board system, an early UFO messaging board. According to Cooper's first post, in 1966 he was serving aboard the USS Tiru when he and fellow Navy personnel witnessed a metal craft larger than a football field repeatedly enter and exit the water. Cooper claimed that he was instructed by superiors to never speak about the incident. Biographer Mark Jacobson argues the Tiru incident itself would not have had done much to make Cooper's name in UFOlogy. The opportunity came only a few days later when he was contacted by fellow Paranet poster John Olson Lear. Lear, the son of Learjet founder Bill Lear, identified as a pilot who had flown missions for the CIA. Lear was the author of a post titled The UFO Cover-Up, which incorporated elements of mythos from Paul Benowitz, a UFO researcher who was later revealed to have been fed disinformation by American counterintelligence agents Richard Dotty. Cooper soon visited Lear, and the two spent much time together from 1988 to 1990. Cooper's views were heavily influenced by Lear and his story of alien collusion with secret government forces. In 1989, the duo released an indictment against the US government for aiding and abetting and concealing this alien nation which exists in our borders. In 2018, columnist Colin Dickey noted the pair's influence writing in the early years, UFO writers did not by and large embrace strong political positions. They were the tip of a spear asserting that the number one thing we had to fear was not little green men, but the government that colluded with them, appropriating their technology against us, end quote. Cooper and Lear's corroboration only lasted a few years after which Cooper accused Lear of being a CIA plant. See what I mean? Like, Cooper had this thing where he would go off and believe this person, believe that person, and then, of course, he would suddenly think that you were an enemy of his. It, it happens over and over and over again. You know, Cooper would think that somebody was his best friend, and then all of a sudden he would start to think that the person was a CIA plant, you know, like it's, or, you know, he was collaborating, or the person that was his friend was collaborating with the enemy. So now we move on to his book, Behold a Pale Horse, and this is going to be a huge central focus of this whole case. So in 1991, Cooper produced and published by Behold a Pale Horse. The book has been influential among the UFO and militia circles. Just prior to the trial of Terry Nichols in 1997, The Guardian described it as the manifesto of the militia movement. According to sociologist Paul Gilroy, Cooper claimed an elaborate conspiracy theory that encompasses the Kennedy assassination, the doings of the secret world government, the coming Ice Age, and a variety of other covert activities associated with the Illuminati's declaration of war upon the people of America. Political scientist Michael Birkin characterized it as among 
among the most complex super conspiracy theories and also among the most influential due to its popularity in militia circles as well as mainstream bookstores. Historian Nicholas Goodrick Clark described the book as a chaos farrago of conspiracy myths interspersed with reprints of executive laws, official papers, reports and other extenuous materials designed to show the looming prospect of a world government imposed on the American people against their wishes and in flagrant contempt of the Constitution. End quote. In the opening pages, Cooper wrote, and I quote, The ideas and conclusions expressed in this work are mine alone. It is possible that one or more conclusions may be wrong. His aim, he wrote, was to provide information so readers began their own earnest search for the truth. End quote. Details of what Cooper claimed to have read in the classified documents, including the secret alien outreach that Cooper asserted started with the Eisenhower administration, were sprinkled throughout the book. Cooper wrote that he knew the government had dossiers on patriots who would likely resist the formation of a totalitarian police state under global command. Cooper said the plan would be to round up all the patriots when it would cause a little stir as possible. One of those likely times, he wrote, is Thanksgiving when people would be home full of food, drink, and sleepy. He gave his readers a warning. My recommendation is that no patriot should ever be home or at the home of any family member on any holiday again. The sentence was written in all capital letters. Less than half the text in Pale Horse are Cooper's words, with the balance being reproduction of documents in varying typefaces. One was an anti-Semitic text called The Protocols of Learned Elders of Zion. The document, a work of fiction, purports the outline of a secret plan by Jews to take over the world. Though Cooper told readers to mentally edit out the anti-Semitism saying it was written that way to deceive people. He suggested the reader replace Jews with Illuminati and Goyim, the term for non-Jews, with cattle. This was later taken out of later editions of the book by the publisher Swanson. Behold a Pale Horse became a popular in New York prisons like Attica and Sing Sing, especially among black inmates. Mark Jacobson stated this, who wrote a biography of Cooper called Pale Horse Rider. Jacobson said he could find a practical explanation of why the book became so popular in New York prisons. His search for the first inmate who read it proved futile. Now we'll go into a bit of the UFOs, alien and Illuminati side of things with Cooper. So Cooper gained attention in ufology circles in 1988 when he claimed to have seen secret documents while in the Navy describing governmental dealings with extraterrestrials, a topic on which he expanded in a Behold a Pale Horse. By one account, he served as a low-level clerk in the Navy and as such would not have had the security clearance needed to access classified documents. Cooper in his book said he attempted to tell what he knew to a reporter around that time he was riding his motorcycle near Oakland, California. California, when in his telling he collided with a black limousine, as a result doctors amputated his right leg above the knee. Cooper wrote in Behold a Pale Horse that two men visited him in the hospital and asked if he'd learned his lesson. Cooper told them he would be a good little boy, but silently vowed to himself that he would release his information. However, there's a problem with that, because one relative said the motorcycle accident that resulted in Cooper losing his leg was not caused by being chased by CIA agents, as Cooper often claimed, but was just a regular accident. UFOologists just later asserted that some of the material Cooper claimed to have seen in naval intelligence documents was actually plagiarized verbatim from their research, including several items that the UFOologists had fabricated as pranks. Don Ecker of UFO Magazine ran a series of exposés on Cooper in 1990. Cooper linked the Illuminati with his beliefs that extraterrestrials were secretly involved with the United States government, but later retracted these claims. He also said that on February 21st, 1954, President Eisenhower met with an Ambassador O.H. Krill, emissary 
necessary from the Predlian star system to cut a deal that allowed aliens to abduct Americans in exchange for interplanetary weaponry that would keep the US ahead of the Soviet Union. Cooper then claimed that Eisenhower had established an inner circle of Illuminati to manage relations with them and keep their presence a secret from the general public. Cooper believed the aliens manipulated and ruled and or ruled the human race through various secret societies, religions, magic, witchcraft and the occult and that even the Illuminati were unknowingly being manipulated by them. Cooper described the Illuminati as a secret international organization controlled by the Bilderberg Group that conspired with the Knights of the Columbus, Masons, Skull and Bones and other organizations. Its ultimate goal, he said, was the establishment of a new world order. According to Cooper, the Illuminati conspirators not only invented alien threats for their own game, but actively conspired with extraterrestrials to take over the world. Cooper believed that James Forrestal's fatal fall from a window on the 16th floor of Bethesda Hospital was connected to the alleged secret committee Majestic 12 and that Jason advised group scientists reported to an elite group of trilateral commission and council of foreign relations executive committee members who were high-ranking members of the illuminati cooper also claimed that the anti-semitic conspiracy theory forgery the protocols of the elders of zion was actually an illuminati work and instructed readers to substitute zion for zion illuminati for jews and cattle for goyim the publisher removed the chapter that was a reproduction of the protocols of the elders of zion document from later printings of behold a pale horse in Behold a Pale Horse, Cooper asserted that President John F. Kennedy was assassinated because he was about to reveal that extraterrestrials were in the process of taking over the Earth. According to a top-secret video of the assassination that Cooper claimed to have discovered, the driver of the presidential limousine, William Greer, used a gas pressure device developed by aliens from the Trilateral Commission to shoot the president from the driver's seat. The Zapruder film shows Greer twice turning to look into the back seat of the car. Cooper theorized that Greer first turned to assess Kennedy's status after the external attack and then to fire the fatal shot. Conspiracy theories implicating Greer reportedly snowballed after publication of Behold a Pale Horse. Cooper's video purporting to prove his theory was analysed by several television stations and according to one source was found to be a poor quality fake using chunks of the Zapruder film. Also in Behold a Pale Horse, Cooper proposed that AIDS was a result of a conspiracy to decrease the population of blacks, Hispanics and homosexuals. In 2000, South Africa's Minister of Health, Manto Tabashabala Samang, I'm so sorry if I mispronounced that, received criticism for distributing the chapter and discussing this theory to senior South African government officials. Nikolai Natris, a longtime critic of AIDS denialists, criticized Tshabala Misamang for lending l- legitimacy to Cooper's theories and disseminating them in Africa. I do apologize if I get these names wrong, so please do forgive me. From 1992 until his death in November 2001, Cooper originated his radio show The Hour of the Time from a studio in his house at the top of a hill in the small white mountain town of Eager, Arizona, 15 miles from the New Mexico border. Cooper sent his show via audio cassette, satellite patch, or direct telephone link to WWCR in Nashville, where it was broadcast by the station's 100,000 watt shortwave transmitter. Mark Potok, spokesperson for the Southern Poverty Law Center, said Cooper was well known within the militia movement for his anti-government shortwave radio program. Among fans of Cooper's shortwave show was a man from Kingman named Timothy McVeigh, who would then go on to blow up the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City on April 19th of 1995. According to the FBI, McVeigh owned a videotape about the botched federal raid of the Branch Davidian compound in Waco, Texas called Waco the Big Lie that Cooper had promoted. An agent noted that McVeigh's copy had a show low Arizona address on it indicating McVeigh ordered it from Cooper. Cooper broadcast conspiracy theories on the Waco siege in early 1993 which he believes was the opening battle in a new civil war. As part of the investigation into the bombing, an FBI 
FBI agent visited Cooper in September of 1996. Cooper told the agent that he couldn't be sure if he had ever talked to McVeigh as he received so many phone calls. Though he told the agent a tale of two mysterious men, one of whom looked like McVeigh but taller, who visited him several months before the bombing. They told him to watch out for something in Oklahoma City. Cooper participated in the early radio shows of Alex Jones, an admirer of his broadcasts. On June 28th of 2001, commenting on a televised interview of, of Osama bin Laden at his hideout in Afghanistan, Cooper claimed that bin Laden would soon be blamed for a major attack on, on a large US city, but don't you believe it? Immediately after the attacks on September 11 of 2001, he predicted the US would soon be at war in two or maybe three countries. The spooky part about Cooper was that Cooper also prophesized his own death. He stated that the cops were going to come up to his home on a rural Arizona hilltop in the middle of the night and shoot me dead on my doorstep, Cooper said, which is exactly what happened around midnight on November 6th of 2001. As Cooper moved away from the UFOlogy community and towards the militia and anti-government subculture in the late 1990s, he became convinced that he was being personally targeted by President Bill Clinton and the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS. In July of 1988, he was charged with tax evasion. An arrest warrant was issued, but Cooper alluded repeated attempts to serve it. A US Marshal attempted to serve Cooper with an order to appear in court, but Cooper chased him off his property, claiming he'd no jurisdiction. According to the Arizona Republic, when Cooper faced these charges related to income taxes in 1998, he told a friend that he was not going to submit to arrest. The friend added, he's going to retreat. I think he is expecting to be murdered by the FBI. End quote. In 2000, he was named as a major fugitive by the United States Marshals Service, and on November 5th, 2001, Apache County Sheriff's deputies attempted to arrest Cooper at his eager Arizona home on charges of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and endangerment stemming from disputes with local residents who drove up to his home atop a butte and stopped nearby, only to be confronted by gun-toting Cooper who demanded that they leave. The residents were not on Cooper's property. After an exchange of gunfire, Cooper by police accounts, which Cooper's own official website agrees on a true, drove off to avoid them. He turned back when he encountered their vehicles and attempted to run over a sergeant before heading back to his residence. As a sheriff's department press release put it, ignoring orders to halt, Cooper got out of his truck and had nearly made it to his front door when he turned and started firing. One shot struck Deputy Robert Marines in the head, leaving him gravely wounded. Another deputy, Joseph Goldsmith, returned fire, shooting at Cooper nine times, emptying his gun. Cooper took fatal hits to his heart and head. Federal authorities reported that Cooper had spent years years evading execution of the 1998 arrest warrant and according to a spokesperson for the marshal service he vowed that he would not be taken alive with that this case remains open but with many unanswered questions it still remain unanswered i'm your host and this has been the unanswered questions podcast until next time next on unanswered questions Conspiracy theorists have claimed that Mossad killed him because Israel refused him a loan and he threatened to retaliate, which there is some evidence to support and back up this, as I will put, fanciful claim.